Alright, tonight I'm going to be dealing with something that's going to be quite interesting, and that is, I've entitled tonight's message, uh, We Are Spirit. And I want us just to quickly turn, uh, let's start off with Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, and uh, I think that if we get this thing um, sorted out in our lives, I think we might change a lot of what we are busy doing uh, with regards to um, not only just living life, but also our focus. I think one of the problems in Christianity today is, is that often our focus is in the wrong place, and as a result, we're not getting the breakthroughs that we need. And I want to just show you what God has in store for us tonight, because if we get these things, these principles sorted out, I really believe that we are going to start seeing a major change um, in not only in our natural life, but also in our spiritual environment and what God has to do in a place. Now, I just want to tell you before I continue in this thing, I want you to know that this is important what I'm going to be teaching because we cannot rely on the natural. Most of us are busy practicing in a natural world and we're getting natural results. We work hard, we make money, we get some possessions, but the problem with that is if something changes in the economy, you go directly with the direction of the economy. Okay, if suddenly there's a retrenchment thing going, then you will go down the retrenchment route. Or if the petrol price goes down, there goes your money. Okay, so all of a sudden, or goes up rather, petrol price up, you got no money. Alright, whatever happens, interest rates goes up, everybody panics. So the problem is, if we are based on the natural, we are going to be following the natural trends. Now we need to get a place where we don't follow the natural trends. Where we don't go according to what the natural... Doesn't like you. Doesn't like me. Must I change mics again? You can, you can try one more. One more. Okay, let's try this again. If you go down the natural route, you are going to follow the natural trends. Okay? Now I want to tell you something, that there's some strategic stuff happening in the world today that we need to take note of. And one of the most critical things that has happened, and it happened, I don't know if it's happened yet, but it's happening, it has happened this weekend, this last weekend, okay? Coming is that okay let me change mics <laughs> pick a mic one two one two one two one two one two I don't know which is yours not yours okay alright now the thing is this is this weekend coming the Pope is trying to bring peace in Israel but what you don't know is, is that the Pope has now approved that they read the Quran in the Vatican. Yeah. That, the, that now they're busy now with a joint thing. Have you ever heard of a Muslim religion in the Vatican? I mean, if ever there's a problem coming in the world, it is now. And if we don't get this thing sorted out, we're not only are we going to, and the Bible's very clear that it's coming, so we know that we're coming to the end of times. But the issue is this, is how are we living in the time that we are in now? Are we living according to a world standard, doing exactly what the world does? And what I mean by that is the world system. In other words, just the normal, go to school, get a good education, get a good job, take care of your family, doing the natural stuff and seeing the natural results, or should we be living a outside of that system. You see, God wants us to live on a different system. The biggest thing that Jesus Christ ever taught on was the kingdom of God. That was his biggest topic. And the kingdom of God 
is operated differently to the world that we're living in. And so the problem that we have is we never get taught what is the kingdom of God, how do I operate in the kingdom of God, and we're trying to just live in a natural world. That's what we've been taught. I mean, I got taught everything that you go to school tells you. You better study hard if you don't. I mean, it's now exam times. I mean, you know, every parent is drilling their poor kid. You better study hard. You better get into a university and, so that you can get a good education. And yet God's saying, that is not my way. So now we're working very hard and getting a system that is not even God's way. Now God is not saying, don't, you're not going to use your education on that. I'm not saying throw that out. I'm saying there is a better way to do this. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So God says, I have blessed you with every single spiritual blessing that you can even have, ever have in your life. So here comes the thing, why aren't we seeing it? Come on, if I ask most oaks, are you struggling? I mean, just about two hands go up in their feet, you know, you have no idea, broer, you have no idea, you have no idea, you have no idea. Okay, now the thing is this, is, is that a lot of people are struggling because they are following the natural trend. We have not learned how to pull that spiritual blessing into the natural. And if you do that, people are going to think you're nuts. Come on. If you go and do something different from the normal way that everybody is doing it, people are going to think that you're totally nuts. And the thing is, the Bible says very clearly that the guys in the Bible were totally nuts. Come on. If you go in the natural now, Okay, it's always interesting. We always read the end of the story and we think it's great. But before you get to the end of the story, think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They sit down and they say, you better bow. And they go, no, we're not going to bow. They said, okay, well, we're going to throw you in that furnace. They go, we don't care. They were so arrogant with the king. They said, we're going to be delivered. He goes, oh yeah? I'm going to make this thing so hot. And he turns up that furnace so hot that the guys who threw them in died. I mean, that's quite a temperature of a furnace. He goes, I will show you, I want to make this thing. And the king got so arrogant. And then they rock up and they go, yes, we checked, there's four of them in there. I threw in three, now there's over four. It's bad, they weren't even, this is what's interesting is, they weren't even, the question that was said was not, you guys didn't die. They didn't even ask that. How come you never died? The king was so amazed, he goes, I threw in three, now there's four. He's counting them, he's going, where did the other one come from? He's not even checking to see if the guy died or not. The point is, is, is that most of the things that if you do it God's way is not the way the world does it. The world is not going to make sense of it. And they're not going to, they're going to go, yes, what are you doing now? Look at Noah when he built the ark. Do you know that historically it had never rained until Noah built the ark? The Bible says that the world was um, fertilized or watered by um, a mist. There was no rain ever. And he goes, no, there's a flood coming. Water's coming out of the sky. They go, oh yeah? You and whose army is going to believe this story? And yet he was right. Now the world's going, this oak's nuts. You know, it's scary. He was the only one right on the whole earth. And everybody goes, our natural thing goes, well, if everybody's doing it this way, it must be right. Who said so? Do you understand? So how do I know, first of all, what is right? I go to the Bible. 
See, the Bible is the only thing that we have got something to base our, our truth from. Not what somebody says, and not what we've been taught. And you'll find out that most of your culture and your upbringing is actually wrong. We sit down and go, well, I'm so glad that I'm a South African. And yet, if we measure it according to the Bible, our South African culture is not so hot. It's not according to what the Bible says. Come on, the South African culture is, you clap me, I clap you back, and we clap you hard. Don't mess with us, Buddha. You understand? That's the culture of South Africa. We are. We like that. Other nations are still a lot more tolerant than the Buddha in South Africa. And the thing is, it's not, a, it's not in line with the word. And I'm not running anybody down. Every culture's got an issue. But the point is this. Is, is that we will never ever get to the place that God has for us if we are going to do it in the natural. Ever. I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter, 5, uh, 15, verse, chapter 15, verse 50. Okay, I want to show you something here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. I want you to see this. Now, how many of you saw that? It says that every spiritual blessing is yours. Did you see that? Every spiritual blessing is yours. Now look what chapter 15 verse 50 says. Now I say to you brethren, that flesh and blood, that means me, okay, the natural me, okay. The natural me cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Now what does that mean? It means in my natural, I will never get those spiritual blessings here. My natural way, you can work as hard as you can, and a lot of guys are sitting down and going, I make money, I've made a fortune, I'm now a millionaire and everything else. I've seen millionaires lose their millions overnight. I had an acquaintance now who phoned me now the other day, he's just gone and lost, they've taken him to court, he lost the court case for 15 million. Gone. Taken his house, his car, everything else. Why? Because they do it the world way, and in doing it, they do crooked stuff, and they get caught out, and then suddenly it's all gone. All the guys are going, listen, I've made millions, and then you find out how many times these millionaires have made millions, and ask them how many times have they lost it. Many times. So what happens is, you do it the world way, you cannot inherit a sustainable blessing on your life. People get blessed because of a system that is going to bless them for a time, but that system is going to turn on them sometime. I know of a guy who had 300 homes. When this um, housing thing fell, can you imagine 300 homes? That was his entire investment was in property. And when it crashed, he was getting 50 cents, 30 cents on the, on the rand. And suddenly he ended up selling a whole stack of them. I think he went down to something like 20 or 30 properties. Why? Because he's following a world system. He's following the system that looks good to man. He's busy with the flesh. And God says, your flesh, your natural way of doing it, is not going to inherit any of these spiritual blessings. So how do I get to tap into that spiritual blessing that's mine, so it becomes sustainable in my life? That is the secret. If I can get that thing right, I am going to start seeing a difference in my life. How many of you want to learn how to do that? Come on now, this is now important, eh? Because if I can get that right, 
It does not matter what happens with the economy. It does not happen with what ha- matter what's happening on this earth. And I'm, well, the reason why I'm using our normal lives is this. Is if I ask most people, they go, I don't want to learn about all the spiritual stuff. I just want to survive first. First let me just get through the survival part and then we'll sort out the rest. Well, let's start with the survival stuff. But what I'm going to teach you is going to be applied in everything. So once I've got the survival thing done, and you've got enough finance coming in, you can sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do the same for the other blessings. The blessings are not just stuck to finance and stuff. Your blessing should be so that you'll be able to lend to nations. And we've got to start tapping into this thing. So what I want to do tonight is I want to challenge you not to go the world way. That's all I want you to walk out here thinking, shucks, I mustn't do this the old way. Let's at least look at the new way of doing it, so maybe I can get a different result. Because if I look at the results of everybody around me, nobody is actually blessed. Everybody's just surviving. And I mean, just because a guy's got a big bank account, you go look at half of the guys who have got big bank accounts and find out how their relationships are. They've got no family, the kids don't want to talk to them, everybody hates each other. Why? Because he gave his whole life just to make money. And he's got no relationship. That's not blessing. Blessing for me is, listen, my bank account's fine. My family's fine. My relationships are fine. Everybody's healthy in my, in my family. Everybody's blessed and prosperous and happy to be with each other. That's blessing. Not division and strife and fighting and bickering and division and hurts. Okay, and all this other stuff that's going on. So we need to understand that we have got a big job to do. We have got a job to start bringing in the kingdom of God onto this earth. And you're not going to do it in the natural way. So how do I do this? Firstly, I have to start getting into the Word. How many of you know that you can't have a promise or a blessing if you don't know about it? Number one is I've got to know what I must get. How do you know what's yours? See, if you don't know what's yours, you can't expect to get anything. So I need to sit down and go, okay, Lord, help me. Come on, let's deal with the natural stuff. Right? I go and get myself my first promise. And I'm not going to give you a whole lot of them. I want you to go find your own. List them. If you want to, I've got a, a few topics that I've done already that have got stacks of them. Okay, there's lots of promises that God has said that is yours. So you should go and find out what's yours. But let's just take one. Okay, everybody's so busy with the money issue. Alright, there we go now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter... Um, let's see where we're going to go. Now, 8. Okay, 8 verse 9. You see, you're listening at least. You at least got the right book. Alright, 8 verse 9. It says, For I know that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, for your sakes He became poor, so that through His poverty you can become rich. So in other words, one of the promises is, is that I should be rich. And it's not talking about spiritual stuff. It's talking about money, cars, whatever I want. I should be rich. But does it say, listen to this, does it say that you must work for that wealth? Does it say that you must get this wealth in a normal way? No, it doesn't. It says that I can get this wealth because of the promise that God had said. And that, it, that said is that Jesus Christ left His wealth and became poor for us. In other words, that He walked on this earth. If we thought that He was wealthy on earth and Jesus had no problem with finance on earth. Okay? But in comparison to what He left, He was poor. 
And he says, I became poor that I just sustained and I, you know, I could feed 5,000, pay for them all, have meals. I mean, they, they literally cast lots for his clothes. So he wasn't that poor, okay? It wasn't like this poor oak. But the point is, they wanted to find out what is going on. What is going on with Jesus Christ in as far as his finance went? If you go and look at the Bible, you'll see many times that he would sit down and supernaturally take care of anything that he needed. You know, if you had taxes, you'd go get a fish and go get pay the tax or whatever it was. Money was never a problem for Jesus Christ, never. But the Bible says in comparison he was poor so that you can become rich. So there's my first promise. So now, I get a promise. I know the promise. Now I've got to step into faith. You see, faith is the thing that taps that spiritual blessing into the natural. Now, how does faith work? And I've given you the four steps. Write these down. I'm going to repeat this stuff until you get in your head. Number one, I need a scripture. There's a scripture for you. I'm using one blessing now, one promise. Right? Then I need to get a revelation of that scripture. I need to get it inside here. I read that thing over and over until the penny goes, Hang on, I'm supposed to be rich. According to the Bible, I'm supposed to be rich. Then number three is I need to claim that thing. Now, I have described this to my son, which is a very practical way. I've got a, a shelf in our kitchen. You know, you've got your cupboards at the top there. And we've got stuff, boxes and stuff on top, of the, on top of the cupboards. I said, when you want something, pick whatever you need, whatever you want. There's your list of all your spiritual blessings. Today I might need health. Tomorrow I need finance. The next day I might need relationships, whatever it is. I go, God, I need this. This is a spiritual blessing that I'm pulling off. I get a scripture for what I need. I get a revelation of what I need and then I claim it. I say, that's mine. And then I've got to just pull it down from a spiritual position into the natural. Now that is not working on the natural. I'm not working to try and get this thing done. I am trusting God that it's going to be done supernaturally. Now supernaturally can come in many ways. It can be that I've got a business and God gives me supernatural favor that suddenly every time I quote something, I get something. God can bring me a divine connection. I meet the right guy who sits down for no reason because God's going to use a human being. He's going to use the world system to bring you whatever you need now. Are you guys with me? Jesus did not sit down and have gold created out of the sky rock up when he had to pay the tax. There was a natural world system. Catch a fish. In the fish was the gold. There's a world system now that operates, except that you are not working the world system. The the world system works for you now. It's a big difference. If you catch that, it's going to change things. So now I'm going to sit down and say, God, I thank you. Number four. Number one. I get a scripture. Okay, number two, I get a revelation. Number three, I claim whatever I want. And now number four, I thank God every day for that thing that's coming. I say, Lord, I thank you that that is mine. My bank account is overflowing. My family is blessed. Okay, my life is blessed. My home is blessed. I'm now walking with authority. I'm now stepping into what you've called me to do. Are you guys with me? So now I'm not doing it out of the natural because my natural cannot inherit this stuff. I can't get it. You know what? I wish I'd got been. I, I wish I'd been taught this when I was young. Genuine. I was, all the years in church, nobody ever taught me this and said you can have this stuff. You know what we got? 
God, what is your will? If it be your will. Ach, asjeblief, Heere. Ons smeek jou, asjeblief, Heere. God does not want us to beg Him for anything. It's an insult. God says, I have paid the price. I've given you the stuff. Come fetch it. But how do I make it practical? It's like this. If I give you a motor car, and I come here and I say, listen, here's the papers for the car. Go fetch it. The only reason why you don't have it, it's yours, I've given it to you. You know it's yours, I've given it, it's got your name on. The only reason it's not yours is because you haven't got to go fetch the car in the shop. Okay? All you have to do is show the paper and get your car. It's the same with this. God has given us the Bible and said, this is yours. All you have to do is go fetch it. But don't do it in a natural way because it's not going to work. You've just got to learn how to tap it out of the spiritual realm. And that is where we lose it. We go, listen, my brain doesn't work like that. My brain says I must work hard, I must put in the hours, I must put in the slog and get it. And God goes, no, because work is actually part of the curse. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, he says as part of the curse, you're going to work for it. God said, I've always wanted to supernaturally provide for you. I want to supernaturally bless you. I want to supernaturally take care of everything. God never intended the human race to work 18 hours a day. Never. Why? Because what is happening is this, is we have gone so much into the flesh that we don't have time to tap into the spirit. How many people are actually taking time to get into the word? If I had to tell a businessman, take two hours a day and just read the Bible, they're going to think you're nuts. Sit down and go, what? I said, do nothing. Take the Bible and go read the Bible and get into this. Let me take a practical example. I love when you go, you see we read the story and it sounds all good, but let's work on this practically. Daniel. What is Daniel's job? Okay, in today's society, Daniel would have been a member of parliament. He'd be somebody that was running the country in the government and he was sitting down in parliament. What did Daniel do? Three times a day he would go and pray. Three times a day in the middle of work, he'd stop and he'd go to a window and he'd start praying. And you'd ask God for direction and things for govern, how to govern the nation, how to bless the nation, wisdom and everything else. And you go pray. If we stop work and say, sorry boys, we can't see anybody, my appointment between one and two is to go and pray, leave me alone. People are going to think you're nuts. Remember what I said, you can't do it in the flesh, you've got to do it in the spirit. And you've got to go back to the Word of God. When I go back to the Word of God, what am I reading, what is happening when I read here? I'm looking for my blessings. I'm busy getting down to the place where that becomes a revelation to me. And when it becomes a revelation, I start pulling down these things. And then, I want to tell you something, that when I understand how to pull it down and it works, nothing is ever going to fear you again in your life. Why? Because if I can pull it down for this thing, I can pull it down for the next thing. Your issue is your first thing. If we can get the first thing right, the others will come. Now comes the question, is when I pull this thing down and I get this thing going, that blessing overrides anything that is natural. Do you understand? Because now it's not coming from my work of my hands, it's now coming from the spirit realm. See, the Bible says that God can turn people whichever way He wants. Look at the story of Egypt. Remember when the Israelites had to go out of Egypt? What did they do? They went to the Egyptians. Now I want you just to look at this very carefully. They were slaves. It's like, if we take it to today's, the best I can describe it is the domestic. Okay? 
It's like the domestic coming to you and saying, Ma'am, sir, I want the gold, I want your jewelry, I want to lend all your nice stuff. And you know what? The Bible says that they found favor and God made the Egyptians in their heart give all their gold to the Israelites. That when they walked out, remember they had so much gold with them and they couldn't use it in the desert. Remember when they made that that fatted calf? And he says, bring your jewelry and the stuff. They had so much gold coming in that they actually had to tell him to stop. We got too much now to make what we want needed here. So they had stacks of gold from all the Egyptians. But who changed the heart? Come on, in the natural. Would you go and give your domestic all your jewelry and stuff because you know they're busy walking out on you? Come on. The Egyptians definitely wouldn't have done it. The Bible says that God changed the hearts of these people. The same way God can change any person's heart on this planet to give you favor, divine appointments, supernatural deals, supernatural ways so that you can have that supernatural flow in your life. But God is going to use a human being. He's going to use the system to develop or bring it to you. The the world system, because He's not... A counterfeit. God's not going to make money and crash all economies and stuff just because you need it. Do you understand? He will use people to help bring it through. And I haven't got time to explain that in Scripture. I've got Scripture for all of that. Are you guys with me so far? So now, we have got to get to the place where we say, God, I don't want to do this in the natural anymore. I need to do this in the spirit realm. I need to call this thing because I am spirit first. And that spirit has got a commission. I've got a job to do. God says that I must now go and have dominion over this earth. This earth is in a mess because Christians are not taking their position. God says, I am not only asking you to be blessed for yourself, I need you to be blessed so that you can bless others. Are you in the position where you can help others in any area? If they need spiritual help, you've got spiritual answers. If they need emotional help, you've got emotional answers. If they need physical help, can you write out checks and sort out whatever needs to be done? Most of the Christians today, no. Most of the Christians today are in debt. If you are in debt, you're part of the world system and that's a curse on your life. The Bible says that if you are in debt, you are, you are uh, debted to the person that you lent the money to. You are a slave to that person. That's why when somebody comes to you and you've got a, uh, a bond on your house or in your car, and they come and repossess your car, and they come to me and say, please pastor, can't you pray this thing through? It's a devil stealing my stuff and that. I'm going, it's not yours. He's not stealing your stuff, it's a bank's. They, it's theirs. You are in debt. The biblical principle is if you're in debt, they can have it. You've got no right to fight for it. It's not yours. If the bank came to me and said, hey, listen, please start praying for me. And I'm going, yeah, no, let me, I'll pray for you. Because it's theirs. They own, they own and hold the title deed of the car or the house. But understand, that's why the Bible says, don't owe anybody anything except the debt of love. If you're in debt, you ask God for a supernatural cancellation of debt. That's why we sang tonight, the year of Jubilee, every 50 years there was a supernatural cancellation of death. Jesus Christ says, I have come so that you can have this cancellation. But remember, what I'm teaching now is, I'm just using one area because everybody's affected by the financial thing and we was there. It's not just finance. Guys, this is in every area of my life. I need to get these things in place. Now I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter 8. Are you learning something? I hope you're writing this down, eh? Come on, Ellie got saved because of this stuff. 
Hebrews, what did I say? Chapter 8, chapter 5, or choose a chapter. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. I want you to see this. Okay, let's take verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... Alright, you need somebody to teach you again the first principles, oracles of God, and have come to need milk and not solid food. In other words, he says, listen, you are, you are a Christian, but you are not getting enough understanding of the Bible. So somebody's still got to teach you the basics. Okay, that's what he's saying. He says, by now you should be teachers, but you're still stuck with the basics. Verse 13, for anyone who partakes... Only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, and he's still a babe. You see, now there's a lot of guys who come to me and say, listen, I am a mature businessman. I'm a successful businessman. They come and sit in class, and they'll say to me, oh, I know better than this, or I don't do it like this, or I don't need to know that stuff. I'm going, yes, you are good in the world system. You are very good in in your education, but you are not good in the Word. You do not know what the Bible says, and you don't know how to apply it in your life to bring victory. Do you understand? So now what he's saying is this, if you do not take time to get into the Bible, know your promises and apply them and bring this thing in, then you are still a baby. I want to show you now, look at the next verse, this is brilliant. It says this, But solid food belongs to those who are of age. Now, not that they're old. means guys who have spent time in the Bible, okay? It says of age. That is, now he's going to explain, those who by reason have had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, what does that mean? It means when we deal in the natural, we are busy with our five senses. Do you guys agree? Okay? Now, what does it mean to have your senses trained? It means that I'm not just seeing with my natural eye. I see what God said. According to the Bible, I'm trained to see what God said. I'm trained to hear what God said. Alright? I want to feel what God's Word says. Are you with me? Now, what does it mean in the natural? Okay, when you get a negative report... And the doctor comes and he says to you, listen, you've got cancer and you're going to die. What's the first thing that's going to happen in your life? You're going to get fear. I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be dead. This is a death sentence. I'm out of here. Okay? Now you get this report. (laughs) Some of you are happy about going home. Okay? But I I don't have a problem with you going home. I just don't want you to suffer to get there. Okay? You can just go and sleep quietly in your bed and go, okay, I'm going home now, God. No problem. But listen now, for me to have my senses exercised means that I am solid in the Word and I see what God says. Now the report comes and He says I have cancer. God's Word says that I'm healed. I've got health. So what the doctor says, which is the natural, is contrary to what the Bible says that I should have as a promise. Do you understand the difference? So he says, mature Christians should not go by what you see in the natural. They should go by the Word of God. If the natural lines up with the Word, no problem. Then we're in line. But if the natural does not line up with the Word, then we've got to fight. The problem with most Christians is they don't even know what the Bible says. And so they don't know what the Bible says, so they stick with the natural. 
The doctor says, okay, you're sick. Okay, we go, okay, fine doctor, I accept that. You said so, I'm fine. If a doctor tells me I'm sick, I don't accept that one bit. I go, listen, those symptoms are here, but they're not staying here. They are not mine. Those symptoms are going in Jesus' name. Okay? Right now, I'm not denying these symptoms. I'm going, I'm just not accepting them. Whatever I accept, I'm going to have. I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to reject this. I'm going to fight this. So I go into the Word and I go, by your stripes, I was healed. So I get a revelation of that thing and say, God, I call back my spiritual blessing of healing. I call back my spiritual blessing of health. I do not see sickness as a positive thing in my life. Amen. Come on. But yet, how many Christians, as soon as they get sick, they go, okay, we must go to the doctor. I mean, I mean, you, you must just look at them. It's now getting a bit cold. So everybody goes, okay, you better go and get your flu injection. You better go. I'm going, What? These are Christians going, you better take care of yourself. You must go and do this stuff. And I'm going, you are showing me that you are all babes. You don't even know what the Bible says. You are not exercising anything in the Word. You are following the world system. Yes, and you will get flu. And we will all come visit you for the week that you're sick. Bring your soup. And then we call the elders and we anoint you and lay hands on you according to the Bible. We'll do that scripture because that one you like. You know, I'm so sick and please be sorry for me. I'm not sitting down, please don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean that we don't get sick. It does not mean that it doesn't come on our house. Okay, so if you get sick, don't get condemned. We're still learning. Okay, you must understand, we've been brought up this way all our lives. It does not mean it's right. How many times have you heard society go, well, it's the flu season, so we're all going to get flu. Come on, we all do that. We hear it all the time. But it's not against the word. So what does the Bible say? It says, if we go down the natural route, we will never inherit the kingdom stuff. If we go down the natural route, we will stay babes. So now let's go back to the verse again. Let's pick it up at 12. I want to read this again. This time you're going to get a new understanding of the scripture. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers... How many of us have been through many church services? We heard lots of sermons. Come on. We should be teaching the truth. Most of us, we haven't even practiced the first step. It says, and again, you have to learn the first principles. What's the first principles? Trust God. Have faith in God. I understand that nobody ever taught me how to have faith in God. Everybody used to the term. Come on. You know, he of little faith, you must believe God. How do I believe God? I'm in a crisis. How do I believe God? Now I'm teaching how. The four steps I gave you is how to have faith. Okay, if anyone asks you, how do I have faith? Those are the four steps. Scripture, revelation. Okay, receive it. Thank God for it. Okay, bring it into a manifestation. Right, now, verse 13. If anyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness in his babe. How many times are we at that? I would sit down and say 80 to 90% of the church is there. And they've been serving God for many years. 80% and 90% of the church do not even get into the Bible on a daily basis to understand what the Word says. I'm telling you right now, as time gets worse, the Bible says that the world is getting worse. It's not going to get better. It's getting tougher. Okay, if you go look and see people coming out of matric, they're not getting jobs anymore, and so it's getting on. You go, oh, woe is me. Yeah, let the world get worse, man. The Bible said it's going to get worse. Don't try and change it. Bible says that you must change. Just because 
that economy is going down, it doesn't mean you have to be linked to it. Do you guys understand? I can be linked to God's kingdom, which is different to the world's kingdom. So when you get born again, just like Jesus came in the, in, right through the Bible, you'll see all the miracles. You go ask His disciples if they ever lacked anything in their life, and they all say no. And Jesus will say to them, listen, I don't want you to take anything with you, except I think it was a rod and something else. No food, no provision. And then you ask them afterwards, did you lack anything? And they go, no. They had more issue when he died. They go, hey, our provider's missing now. <laughs> now Oakland was making, taking care of all of this. When they had to feed the 5,000, it wasn't like Jesus had to perform a miracle. They go, hey, do you want us to go buy food for all of these oaks? So at any given time, he had money for all of them. So there was no issue with provision or what they needed. So we've got to understand that God does not want us in the natural anymore. All right. Now, once we've all repented of this now, most of us, come on, <laughs> even us that have been serving God for a long time, we've all done this natural route, and, it, and I can promise you it doesn't work. Okay, it doesn't work. It works for a season, but it's going to crash somewhere. And you're going to get this thing right, and you're going to neglect that and that and that. I want us to sit down. And I want you, I'm going to make you feel a little bit better. Joshua. Better. I'm here to make you feel good. I said to you, I'm trying to be nice now. Okay? I'm turning over a new leaf now. Right, Joshua. I want to show you something. What has God called us to do as Christians? What is our main purpose? Come on, what is our main purpose? Come on, we are here. To, okay, spread the gospel. But we are here to bring dominion onto this earth. God says that my kingdom is a different kingdom. It's not worked on the system. I need you to demonstrate the new system and I want you to change the old system. Bring the people out of bondage and bring them into liberty on the new system. Okay, and I want you to go and possess the earth and change stuff. Now you must understand... As part of that spiritual blessing is stuff like we can turn natural stuff around. Like Janine and I were talking, it's interesting to say, look, storms can be natural, but excess storms is not, excessive storms where people die is not normal. So we should be able to say, that storm is going to stop on this coast, it's not going to come in here. That cyclone or hurricane, whatever comes to these coasts, it destroy everything and destroy you know, people's lives and homes and whatnot. That can be stopped by the church of Jesus Christ. Joshua did, he was fighting a war and he goes, hey son stop, I want to win this thing. He stopped the entire sun. In fact, to today, NASA has proven that there's one day missing. So it's scientific fact that there's one day missing in our whole system. They, don't, they can't explain it. Now, how many of you would like to do something and go, yes, I just want to finish this thing. Let's just <laughs> stop this. <laughs> yeah, I'm winning here. Now, but listen to me. We have got authority, spiritual authority over everything on this planet. Jesus gave us the examples. He could walk on water, curse the fig tree. I mean, turn water into wine. He could do all of that stuff. We are, and He did it as an example to us. The Bible is very clear. Jesus could do nothing without God operating through Him. And all he did was, I'm going to tap in to the spiritual and show the natural. That's all he did. Okay? Now, we are here to possess the land. 
spiritually. We are here to change the way that people think. We are here to change the way that people act. The problem is that we are not changed enough. That's what these evenings are for. It's here for us to learn the truth and change. Okay? If you don't change, I'll help you. I'll smack you. <laughs> Listen, I'm also learning. Listen, the stuff I'm teaching, I'm also learning. I'm not there. Okay? But I'm definitely trying. And I'm trying to get there because I'm learning the stuff for the first time myself. This is why it makes me so mad. What have I been doing in church for so long? I haven't learned this stuff. But listen to me. God wants us to take the land. He wants us to make a difference in your family. What does it mean to take your land? It means wherever you've got authority, you better start using it. Over your house, over your family, over your business, whatever it is, over your environment of influence, you need to start making a difference and change the way you're doing things. Okay? So yeah, God says to them, listen, Israel, I want you to go and take the land. You twelve tribes, this is what you must do. Go into the land. Now what is interesting is when they got into the land, they were never given land without an opposition. They had to go and clap the, 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 the giants and the issues out there. Why did God do that? Because He wanted to teach them how to overcome things in their lives. That's why we got stuff happening to us. So that we can learn how to bring the spiritual to overcome it. It's nothing more satisfying than to go into something and actually see a victory. And see something come through and see something that works. Okay, so you are responsible for that. But what is interesting is this Joshua starts in Joshua chapter 1. In chapter 18 verse 3, listen to this one. Now this is typical Christians. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord your fathers have given you? How long will you still sit here and wait to go and take the land that's yours? We have the same problem. God's going, How long will you Christians still operate in the natural? How long will you take before you can pull down the promises which are yours? And all we get is moan and complain and go, God, I this and that. How many of our prayers are going, God, I need this, I need that. And God's going, I'm not going to do anything. Why? Because every spiritual blessing has been given you already. If you don't want to go fetch your car, it's your own problem. Now, it's easier said than done. Please, I understand that. Okay? Because it goes totally against my head. I understand the stuff. We've been brought up exactly the opposite. I want that car. I must go work my hat off to go get it. Come on. Now, God's going, ah, I need you in faith to pull that car into the natural. And God will provide it. Either I'll get a supernatural deal that I can get the finance to buy it, or somebody will go and get it for me and give it to me, whatever. But I lay claim to that thing. Are you with me? And God's going, when will you go and fetch what is already being given to you? And if you are not operating on that level, you are still babes in the Word. All of us want to sit down and go, well, we mature. Yeah? Well, let's see. See, what is going to happen if you are totally connected in this principle? If you get fired or retrenched or something goes wrong, in the natural. You don't panic one bit. Why? Because you're not reliant on that paycheck. You're not reliant on that job. You say, okay, God, I'll get another one. God, I'll call in another job. You'll you sort this thing out. No problem. And God will use the world system to get you where you need to be. He will use the world system to serve you. And when you go there, that company will be blessed because you're there. 
Joseph, wherever he went, it was blessed, the whole place. I mean, at least the world oaks checked some oaks and they saw the difference. The Bible says they saw the blessing on Isaac. Everybody knew Isaac was blessed. Wherever that oak went, stuff happened. They saw the blessing on Joseph. Potiphar goes, listen, I need that oak in my house. Where he goes, stuff happens. So they recognize the blessing that's flowing on these guys. Why? Because they are starting to pull down from heaven what they meant to do. And we need to do that today. Our world is getting worse, but I'm not seeing enough Christians taking this thing into heart and saying, God, I want to push into this. I'm not reliant on the system. The system's going to crash. The system's going to hurt me. But it's not your system. The kingdom of God is one that is totally different from the natural. It doesn't work on a natural system. So don't go there because you can't inherit that kingdom. Does this help you? Let's pray. Lord, I just pray for every single one of us in Jesus' name. Lord, we repent right now of operating out of the natural. Lord, of flowing in the natural. Lord, I pray that tonight we are going to really start getting a revelation, Lord, that you want us to pull down our spiritual blessings and, Lord, to come and bring it into the natural and that the world system will serve us in Jesus' name. And, Lord, that we will get what we need in you in every area in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray that as we go, Lord, we will make decisions to change the way that we are doing things. Lord, that we will take time out to get into your word, to get to know what those promises are, what the spiritual blessings are that are already ours. And Lord, that we will not operate in the flesh anymore, but Lord, that we will truly inherit the kingdom of God in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.